Rats. 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 Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to a different type of episode of the Animaniacast. Uh, it's certainly an episode that um, we didn't think we'd have to really do anytime soon. In case you didn't know, Chick Venera, who of course provided the voice of Pesto and the God Pigeon on Animaniacs, uh, passed away a few days ago. And it really kind of, it took us by surprise. It was not something that um, we were aware of that he was uh, ill or anything like that. Um, but it's a sad, it's a sad day in the Animaniacs fandom. And there's been a lot of things written about Chick in the past few days. The Hollywood Reporter had a nice report on him. So I thought I'd read that real quick. So this is the report here from The Hollywood Reporter uh, by Mike Barnes. Chick Venera, actor in Thank God It's Friday and the Milagro Beanfield War, dies at 74. Chick Venera, who portrayed a bean farmer for Robert Redford in the Milagro Beanfield War and danced atop parked cars outside an L.A. discotheque while wearing leather from head to toe in Thank God It's Friday, has died. He was 74. Venera died Wednesday at his home in Burbank after a battle with lung cancer, his daughter Nikki Venera told The Hollywood Reporter. Venera was a busy voice actor who worked on such animated shows as Animaniacs, where he voiced characters for Pesto and the God Pigeon, Foover, Capital Critters, Darkwing Duck, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, Cow and Chicken, and Batman Beyond. Famed Casting director Marion Doherty had seen Venera perform in an off-Broadway production of Jockeys in 1977. He won a Theater Theater World Award for his performance, and that led him to being hired to play Sergeant Danny Ruffalo opposite Richard Gere in World War II set Yanks. In his most notable war, he played the happy-go-lucky Marv Leatherman Gomez in Thank God It's Friday in 1978. Uh, Side note, if you guys have not seen Chick in this uh, scene from uh, Thank God It's Friday, Dancing on Top of the Cars, it's available on YouTube. I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining and very impressive. Outside the fictional zoo, Disco, in L.A., Gomez tells John Friedrich's uptight character, Hey, man, let me tell you something. You ain't gonna be happy until you're free. And the only way you're going to be free is to get loose. And the only way you're going to get loose is to dance. Now, come on, let me see some of your moves. And then he shows off his moves, prancing on car hoods and atop of a phone booth in a memorable sequence. Later, he set the plot in motion as the bean farmer... John Mondragon in the Milagro Bean Field War in 1988. Born on March 27, 1947, in Herkimer, New York, Francis Venera came west to study acting at the Pasadena Playhouse. After serving in the U.S. Army, he spent two years with Disney on parade as a dancer, acrobat, and clown on a North American tour and appeared on Broadway in Greece. In 1975, he appeared on TV for the first time, showing up on episodes of Lucas Tanner and Beretta. Venera played consumer reporter Enrique Mas, the boss of Betty White's Rose, on two installments of Golden Girls in 1989, and could be seen on Vegas, TJ Hooker, 
Night Court, and Mad About You, amongst other shows. More recently, he taught acting at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, where he had studied under Milton Caselis years earlier, and at his own place, the Renegade Theater and Film Group, from 2009 until the onset of the pandemic last year. Survivors also include his wife of 40 years, Suzanne, and his son-in-law, Jason. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of folks online uh, expressing their their sadness and their reactions to it. Many, many fans, first of all, uh, when we initially posted about all this, uh, just saying their condolences toward the family and how sad that they felt. And people just kind of talking about, of course, how pesto and uh, the God Pigeon were two of their favorite Good Feather characters and things like that. So uh, there were some other words here. Uh, Tom Ruger uh, said, Terribly sad. Chick was a great talent and wonderful guy. Much love to wife Suzanne and his family. Rob Paulson said, Very sad. Chick was a terrific talent and wonderful teacher. I'm grateful for his friendship. Amblin Entertainment even put out a little tweet saying, we're saddened to learn that Chick Venera, who gave vocal wing to Pesto of the Good Feathers, amongst other characters in the original run of Animaniacs, has passed away at 74. Our condolences to Chick's loved ones, friends, and fellow collaborators. And finally, John Mariano, who of course voiced Bobby the Good Feather, said, It is with deep sadness to inform that Chick Venera has passed. We worked together on Steven Spielberg's Animaniacs. We were the Good Feathers, an amazing talent, but more so an amazing person. Gentle rest grant unto thee. So we were lucky enough to have Chick and John Mariano and Maurice LaMarche all on together. Um, what ended up being really their last recording here on the Animaniacast. Um, this was something that when I initially was just kind of getting it together, I thought it was just going to be something on Skype. Uh, and so I started reaching out to John Mariano, reached out to Maurice LaMarche, and then found contact information for Chick and sent an email to him. The funny thing is I, t I told him like in an email saying, oh yeah, you know, this is how we usually record. We usually record by Skype, but we might do it a different way here or there. And Chick responded, it would be really nice if we could all be together in front of the mic with you. We haven't seen each other in years. It would be really cool to see the guys again and reminisce. I, of course, do not live in Los Angeles. <laughs> I live I live in Arizona. I live eight hours away from there. But the opportunity to get the three of them together in front of the mic, I knew would be priceless. So it was it was frantic, but I think we got it, I want to say, within the next week or something like that. I just kind of threw everything together, <laughs> uh, got, a, got my new mixer, bunch of new microphones, put them all in my car, and drove all the way to Los Angeles and set up over at Tom Ruger's house because Tom was gracious enough to have us over at his house. Um, it, it's, it's a night I'll never forget. Nothing, nothing can, nothing is better than having the voice of characters that you grew up with 
being right next to, um, especially characters like Pesto, whom I loved ever since I was a kid. And when Chick, who was sitting right to my left when recording, uh, looks at me and says, what do you mean by that? It was, it was, it just gives me goosebumps to this day. This Good Feathers reunion was the first time that the three actors had actually been together for 20 years, I believe. And unfortunately, according to John Mariano, was also the last time they also recorded together. So it's important for many different reasons. It's a, it's a moment of celebration, uh, first and foremost, but it also is a little sad that we will never be able to get these good feathers again together all in the same room. What we're going to do is something t- for the, today's episode is something that we haven't done before. Uh, we're going to do a, a rerun <laughs> or a repeat performance, I guess you could say, of the Good Feathers reunion, uh, just because it it really was, I think, just a, a highlight, and I'm sure for many people would say the highlight so far of this podcast. And it's really my favorite episode, I think, that we've recorded uh, for obvious reasons uh, for this podcast so far. So without any further ado, I, I'd like you to go ahead and listen to this, enjoy it again, uh, or listen to it for the first time. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, but let's first, I think, would be appropriate, a moment of silence for Chick. And uh, when we come back before the Good Feathers reunion, we'll actually play a sound bit that chick sent into us um, as pesto, which was very nice of him to do. So, Chick Venera, we will miss you. Hi, Animaniacast Podcast. This is Chick Venera as Pesto the Pigeon. That's a mouthful. Why would you do that to someone? Why? Okay, that's it. I'm out of here. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a good feather. If you were a good feather, you had it all. Over to my compadre, Mr. Mariano. Yes? Give me, give me a nice speech for you. Just as far for... back as I can remember, it's none of your damn businesses, all right? <laughs> First of all, mind your own beeswax. Secondly, listen to number one. Uh, that would be, uh, this would probably be my basic tonality. It's kind of like Jerry Lewis after sedatives. That's kind of the, I'm a bit, re- I'm a bit reedy when it comes to talking in my quality of voice. <laughs> so. Uh, You'll love Jerry and me and the caddy. Yeah! <laughs> 90 minutes of righteous, righteous? What is this, a religious I picture? <laughs> Kelly, I feel bad. Kelly's like in a little box. It's like sinuensis. I know, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like. It's all right. Move her it's all right. I'm in Georgia. What's that Georgia. thing? What's, that's all my right. favorite line from Hiccup that Bob. Uh, no, Pesto says it was his duodendum. <laughs> yeah, duodendum. Yeah, du- right. Duodendum? Or yeah. how do you say duodendum? Something's wrong with it. Yeah, something's wrong with his duodendum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom. Hey, Squirt. Bobby, yeah, Pesto are in the house. This is uh, a great uh, experience. Uh, um, it certainly is. Okay. All right. Well, before we get going, um, just so you know, uh, we we do a lot of 
a lot of editing <laughs> with these shows. Yeah. And yeah, so. Uh, I was so gonna ask you about if, that. If anybody says anything, if you mess up, if you wanna just. So there's no swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, Lucy is so ridiculous. <laughs> so here we go. And welcome, everybody, to a special episode of the Animaniacast. Birds hit the street looking for food to eat. That's good feather. That's good feather. When I'm cooing at you and you're cooing at me, that's good feather. Take no guff, cause they're tough, strut their stuff, no green pops. That's good feathers. Welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore this series episode by episode, talking about all the cultural references and gags that we can find, usually. Today, however, we have an incredibly special episode. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, Nathan. That's cool. <laughs> Across the country in Georgia, we have Kelly. Hi there. And joining us once again is uh, the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger is back on the show. Hello, Tom. Hey, hello, nurses. Hi. <laughs> and as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to interview the voice actors behind the Good Feathers. So we are excited to welcome to our show the voice of Bobby... John Mariano. Hello, everybody. The voice of Pesto, Chick Venera. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and the voice of Squid, Maurice LaMarche. You know, you're funny, Pesto. You're really funny. What do you mean funny? You're funny. Like, you make people laugh, you know? Funny? Yeah. I'm funny? Yeah. I'll give you funny. Ow! Hey, come on, guys! All right, all right, all right. Take it easy, boys. Simmer down. Come on now. Oh, my gosh. We're indoors. <laughs> well, we're already getting into it. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, the feathers are already flying. Uh, <laughs> welcome, gentlemen, all to the Animaniacast. Thank you so much for being on. And how many years has it been since you guys have all been together in the same room? This, it's been it's been decades. decades. Yeah. I think it's been almost 20 years. Yeah. Because oh. when the show wrapped up... Uh, I, I, we we I never wanted to work with each other. <laughs> it's kind of like bands. But I think we went separate ways. Did you? I saw work? I saw John uh, for a while, and I saw you, but yeah. I didn't see. We yeah, but, but as, yeah, as a unit. No, no, we didn't. We didn't work together anymore. <laughs> Their final animated scene together was in the final episode of the Pinky and the Brain show, as uh, Star Wars. Yes, and it was recorded in '97. So we're talking 21 years. Uh, uh, that, received, the that received the movie, the the, the direct-to-video movie. Uh, uh, wow, wow, Wacko's, Wacko's, Wacko's Wish. Wish. Wacko's Wish. He's right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Wacko's <laughs> Wish. So this is where we edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snip, snip. Well. <laughs> sorry, Tom. Tom. <laughs> well. <laughs> Birdseed for brains. <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're lucky enough to be uh, invited here uh, by Tom. Invited us over to his house we are here. Actually, in Tom's house. Yes, I know. Tom's house. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, how he wouldn't notice. He wasn't it. <laughs> and and Tom, you were 
Fortunately, my goodness, you were right against the flames of the, the Woosley fire just recently. Yeah, it was close, but, uh, you know, so many people that we know and, and love, you know, had really uh, horrible experiences with that. So we, we were very lucky, and whatever you folks listening can do to help out some of the uh, victims of the fire, please do. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk about the good feathers. Let's talk about Animaniacs. Let's talk about your experiences on the show. So, Tom, I, the first question goes to you. Uh-oh. How did the, these characters of the good feathers come to be and uh how did you do you remember pitching them to steven spielberg what what that was all about we ultimately did pitch them they started out as uh, a creation uh by deanna oliver one of our great writers on the series and she wanted to do something with pigeons she had a concept called pigeon city uh pigeons she felt were universally understood as sort of you know pretty low on the food chain and uh, they get very little respect, a uh, few breaks, they get nowhere. So in our very earliest development, uh, you can see that Pigeon City is down here. And uh, it was going to be a little bit like Cramden's, like the Honeymooners. But Deanna took it, uh, you know, we really liked it. And we said, Deanna, keep, keep going on this. And then she got totally, she saw, uh, uh, once again, she saw Goodfellas and she just, said, oh my gosh, this is what we should do. And uh, one of the first things she created in, in her concept was that they would really be attracted to a statue in a park of Scorsese. <laughs> and we pitched that concept uh, when we pitched the show to Steven and that totally sold him. He said, oh, we definitely have to do that because that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I think by the second or third episode, we started using the, the Scorsese statue. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to fall in love. But we were always too busy being tough birds, fighting to protect our territory from the sparrows, especially the statue of Martin Scorsese. No bird could perch on Scorsese's head unless he was a good feather. And as long as the sparrows kept trying to take the statue, love would have to wait. When it came to auditioning for the good feathers, um, do you remember anything of that process? Uh, how did you, you know, come to learn about these characters, etc.? I went in and auditioned, I think, when I was over at Sutton Barthen Minari, uh, which was the agency, and I auditioned in there. And I had no idea what the character was all about. And I just did what was on the, the sides in front of me. And I did, that was it. And, and, and you, you have a very, I noticed that your natural speaking voice is, it's, it's squid. Yeah, I never made, I, I, these guys are the ones that really do great voices. I just did myself. Well, your voice, you know, your, your voice though, Chick, is just so, uh, it's, uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's fantastic. Um, what do you mean fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> uh, and Maurice, uh, what about you? Well, I mean, I was very, I was very much, uh, uh, you know, into impressions. Still am. I love to, I love to do, you know, whatever, whatever uh, new voices come along. Um, but I was told, you know, this is a parody of of Goodfellas, and I had just had. Uh, 
I, w- I won't say dinner with, but our, our tables were side by side. I was at a restaurant uh, in the Valley about a month before, uh, a place called Mistral, and Ray Liotta and uh, a, a gal he was dating, who I think might have might have uh, gone on to become either a serious girlfriend or he might have even married her, but they were on their second date. And they were, they were kind enough to wait till the end of the meal to light up their cigarettes. And Ray Liotta leaned into me and said, excuse me, do you... Are you guys done? Do you mind if we light up? That was back in the days when you could smoke in a restaurant. I was like, sure, of course. My wife and I were like, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, big fan, blah, blah, blah. And so we ended up pushing our tables together, having dessert together. So I, I always feel like if I know somebody personally or I get you know, in the same room with them, I get sort of a 3D sense of what their voice print is, mm. much more so than just through the tube. So I think, you know, having that implanted in there. And then when they said, you got to do Ray Liotta, I was like, oh, I just, I just you know, had dessert with him a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I went in there and just kind of drew Ray's voice out of me and it, it ended up being funny enough for the show, I guess. I think Ray Liotta just had a, uh, a commercial recently talking about quitting mm-hmm. smoking. Right, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. I won't name the, the sponsor, but right. I want to Right, exactly. And John? Yes, present. <laughs> uh Chick and I actually were with the same agency at that time. We were both with the same agency. So that's where I got the information from. But at that time, uh, I was like the go-to guy for doing De Niro because at that time, back in the old days, there, that wasn't much of an impression for many people. I did it in my act when I was doing stand-up. So that was a signature piece in my stand-up act. And then when I was over at the Growlings with, with Deanna, I did a bit called De Niro Sings the Supremes. Baby, baby, where did our love go? Um, So that was that was kind of the 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 impetus and the genesis for that. So I mean, I kind of I was like, you know, I I think this is not much of a stretch for me. So um, you know, I think I I could at least have a shot at it, if anything. So that's you know where it originally started. But then you know I had to go through the process like everybody else, and there were I don't know how many dozens, hundreds. Of uh, other dineros, but they couldn't make the face. That's the difference. That's the acid test. That is very true. So. And, 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 you know, it, to, to just clear something up, because I get a lot of people thinking that I was the god pigeon because I do the Brando thing on the, in, in, uh, in Zootopia. But mm-hmm. Chick, it's, it was Chick that was his, his brilliant... All the time, he's the god pigeon. The boompy. Yeah, what he says <laughs> is, "Mind your own beeswax." Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Chick yeah, Venera is the god. Is Chick Venera is wise? The is god and will pigeon. always be. Yeah, I, I, you know, that was that was one of the questions I had because so often I think online it says like Maurice LaMarche and it's just an uncredited God Pigeon or something like it that. It was never me. Never and, once. Wow. Never once. Wow. Always Chick Venera. I think we heard that once in um in uh, Pigeon on the Roof where uh Squit got to sing if I were God if if I were the God Pigeon and then Squit did an impression of the God Pigeon at that one point. And oh, I thought it was Pigeon on the Roof was the one I sang. Yes. And I said, oh, no, I'm sorry, not Squid, uh, Pesto, what was I saying? Uh, but when Pesto did that <laughs> impression, I was like, oh, my gosh, that, it, it's a really good impression. I wonder how that is. It, there we go. Uncanny. Yeah. Like, how do I, he sounds be- just like himself doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I was the God Pigeon. 
If I were the gut pigeon, cooey, 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 fettuccine, cream sauce, parmesan. All the time I'd... If I were the gut pigeon, birds would kiss my toesies, schmooey, 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 mustacholi, vito, corleone. Lord, show them I wasn't born to lose. Make me boss of all them pidgey poos. I'd make offers no one can refuse. If I were to God pigeon, yeah. Yeah, so this one's to Tom. Uh-oh. And this is right after. So what was it about these guys in this room <laughs> and their portrayal that, that, that got them the parts? So. Well, well, there was a cash payout. I recall that. Yeah, how much <laughs> did they pay you? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> There are certain things that have to just be left in the past. <laughs> these these three uh, characters that are sitting here, uh, you know, again, lots of auditions for lots of the parts in the show. These were truly, uh, this was the segment that was the easiest one to cast. I mean, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, they're actually, you know, we hemmed and hawed on a few things. Uh, but the good feathers, I mean... Uh, Chick came in and just killed uh, with pesto. I mean, it, he made everybody just laugh. And uh, whether it sounds like Joe Pesci or not, it, it's it's Chick just doing just an over the top crazy bird performance. So, and then then we have uh, John who really does this beautiful, beautiful uh, impression of De Niro. And uh, so we had those two characters done. And uh, and then Mo, you know, he's he really brings his his artistry to it because it, it, Ray Liotta is a little bit more subtle than maybe uh, Pesci and, and De Niro, and uh, he's not blowing up and he's not getting, you know doing the big laugh that De Niro does. I remember thinking, will this play? Is it too understated? Because you guys kept telling me to take it down, take it down, take it down, and. Uh, he, you know, obviously it worked beautifully. You know. the, the trio, I mean, it's a great trio because you have Bobby, who's like trying to be the voice of reason, but he's kind of, uh, he's a thug. <laughs> and uh, Pesto cannot uh, control his emotions. He's just uh, he's whacking on Squit. And, uh, but Bobby and he have a good relationship. And, and poor Squit is the new guy on the block. So, uh, and, and he falls in love and is sort of like the... the, the the guy that gets beaten up a lot. They're like the Three Stooges with feathers. Hey, cool you! Hey, run, run, pussycat! Mess with us, will you? Cool off! <laughs> Cat don't know cool about what he's messing with. Yeah, I hear that. Hey, good feathers. How you doing, Bobby? Uh, hiya, Pesto. Well, look what we got over here. What's with you? Well, I'd like to become a good feather. You? A good feather? <laughs> Get him out of my face. Right. Gentlemen, uh, you have any particular memories of working with Steven Spielberg? 
shocked that Kelly asked that, asked that question. I saw that in the notes. I wondered which one would ask he, that. Actually, did he ever come on set? I don't think he ever came to a session, but we did have a couple of chances to meet him. And, and that we was met him at fun. a party. We met him at the, the, the party. Big, they took out the, the entire Warner Brothers back lot, the, the, all the street scenes. I mean, um, and and we, uh, we had this huge celebration at the uh, end of the first season. And Stephen could not have been nicer. He has this unique quality of just making you feel like you're the most special person in the room. And next to totally, him. Yeah. Next to him. Yeah, next to him. <laughs> but he totally, I mean, I, there were two parties, uh, two years apart. And I remember the, the, the second party, Stephen like picked up the conversation with the last thing we talked about at the first party. And I just thought, what an incredible quality that mm. is to be that directed and focused on another person, you know? And so, it was great. He was so generous to us. Yes. And we're standing there smoking cigars outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were all three cigar smokers in those days. He, Two of us have quit for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> um, he, he said something to me. I mean, I was flawed when he said it. First of all, the fact that he was talking to me, I was kind of like a dog. <laughs> uh, but he said how much he loved the cartoon. And then he said, you know, I was with Marty the other night. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Uh, and he said, I was showing the, the, these cartoons to him, and he was on the floor dying laughing. So um, I was quite taken with that, obviously. It's like, oh my, you know, by liaison, I was sort of met Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yes. Well, Tom, I think you said on a previous uh, talk with us that, that he had mentioned about uh, Martin Scorsese really loving the, the song, I think, right, uh, from West Side Pigeons. Yeah, uh- Oh, we want to sit on Scorsese's head? Yeah, we want to sit on Scorsese's head. head. We rule the roof. We want to stay here on the rooftop. We don't. We'd like to purchase Scorsese's head. Why can't we purchase Scorsese's head? Good fetish, purchase Scorsese's head. Sparrow should purchase Scorsese's head. On the rooftop, we get lots of sunshine. No one to perch on a clothesline. Up here, we have a void's eye view. Humans drop food by the statue. We like to perch on Scorsese's head. Why can't we perch on Scorsese's head? Good feathers perch on Scorsese's head. We're gonna perch on Scorsese's head. We're singing it to the Scorsese. Scorsese. Remember? Remember, we're singing it to the And now he's directing West Side Story now. Yeah. So you see, we've motivated him. He's producing it, John. What? Is he directing it or producing it? I think it's both. Directing. Kelly knows that. Thanks, Kelly. He's definitely directing, so I'm sure he's got a hand in producing. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that if it weren't for Animaniacs, and specifically West Side Pigeons, and specifically the gentleman in this room, right? I mean, Spielberg would not have a, a new movie to make, right? I, I think that's a fair assessment, right? Wouldn't you yeah. say that? He'd be out of ideas. I think we really motivated him to... So really we need get to get some his... residual checks going on, I believe, well, as well. Well, that's a horse of a different color. The first time I met him, I had done a film called Yanks, and I was at a party at John Schlesinger's house, the director, and he came over and congratulated me, and he was with Amy Irving at the time, and we said hello, and that was it. When I saw him that night at the party, I said, I met you at Yanks. He said, you did Yanks? Totally forgot me. <laughs> but it was really nice to me about the, the pigeon. And he sent me a, a real nice cell. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah. You, you get that like with, with a, like a, a cartoon of him. 
And your character? And the, and the, the God Pigeon. And oh, autograph, nice. autographed, yeah. Nice. Yeah, oh, that was wow. amazing. It still hangs on my wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still let me do it. I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> well... You, didn't, you got a brain. I got a brain. I got, oh, I got, I got, I got the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, my friends. <laughs> well, uh, Tom, was there any worry, I guess, when you were going through this, this idea of, you know, good feathers and this connection to good fellas? Was there any worry that, uh, I don't know, kids would not get this or, you know, really get it? Because, like, good fellas, I know I am myself and... Nathan just saw Goodfellas recently. Yeah, for the first time, like, a month ago. <laughs> what? Well, it was right. a restricted movie. Yeah. So, was there any worry that we're doing this kind of parody of Goodfellas, but are kids really going to get it? Well, whoever got the parody got it, and that was great. But, I mean, here's a cartoon show, and these are three talking animals. Kids love talking animals in cartoon shows. It, it always works out. And I don't think any of the franchises in the whole series really were pandering to kids. I mean, we were just doing what we thought was really funny stuff. And, uh, and it just happened that all the characters were kind of talking animals. So we knew we could get the kids with that. And then, then it was just a matter of uh, making sure everybody uh, working on it was trying to be funny and make it, make it clever. And uh, so we weren't worried that they wouldn't get the, the parody of Good Feathers because we knew they wouldn't. But they, they weren't getting parodies. That we were, I mean, we did Heart of Darkness, for, yeah. for gosh sakes. <laughs> we did some really out there parodies. And, uh, you know, some of the brain's plots required a lot of uh, knowledge of things that the kids, they're not going to know about it. Yeah. No, good characters are good characters. And these three characters were hilarious together. So you don't need to have seen, I don't think, Goodfellas. In fact, I can't tell you, I mean, I do the con circuit a lot, you know, the, convent, the, the fan convention circuit. How many uh, people, you know, I would say young people, to me they're young, they're 30 plus, they come <laughs> up to me and they say, you know, I started with Goodfellas and then I finally discovered Goodfellas, what a brilliant movie it was. But if I started with you and that made me curious about the movie um, or Wells, they discover Orson Wells because of having watched Pinky in the Brain, and then they see something from Wells, they go, that sounds like the brain. And, you know, it's like they're, we're reverse engineering film appreciation in these young people <laughs> by doing these great parodies. That's exactly right, reverse engineering. There are people that really, the cultural reference that, you know, is Goodfellas, for a lot of kids, comes through uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, a lot of my students, because I teach now, they all told me when they found out I had done Goodfellas, it was like that was one of their favorite things they watched. They'd come home right from school, watch Animaniacs. It was like one of their big things. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that Goodfellas as well, I it kind of I grew an appreciation for me as the years went by. I think it's just as seeing like the 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 those those three characters work off of each other. Uh so because you know, at the very basic level you have the slapped stick level, right? And then you, you start hearing again and you start seeing like Oh my gosh, all the things that Pesto is saying right now, you know, the just the, the nonsense Italian, like just random Italian words, yeah. like usually pasta, you know, or, or Piazzadora and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and yeah, just the way he misinterprets whatever yeah, the oh. homonyms are some creative homonyms what was that for word? sure. Bada <laughs> bing? No, no, the other one. Did they indent them like? Oh, Dewey Dendum. Dewey Dendum. But that's an actual word. <laughs> that's an actual word. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the anatomy. 
Um, Two addendum. Two addendum. So what you said? Ah, I see the problem. His duodenums are spastical. Yeah, that duodenum's out of whack. What the coo's a duodenum? <gasps> the duodenum bird brain is that dangly down thing you got connected to your diaphragm, which operates your lung compression. Yeah. Well, these, these, these cartoons are just like uh, Looney Tunes. I mean, when I grew up watching Looney Tunes, that was the reverse engineering for me because I learned about mm -hmm. classical music. Sure. Mm -hmm. I learned about other... Uh, celebrities that they parodied of the of, of the time in the 30s and 40s. That was my uh, that was my window to education. Yeah. And I feel it's the same way with uh, with anim uh, Animaniacs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much. It doesn't just play to a certain level. Adults can get stuff. Kids can get stuff. You know, and it like like Maurice was saying, it's like it just motivates you to go like, well, where did that come from originally? Yeah. Or there's something that's similar to this. Yeah. I know, I know that you know that's one of the things about our podcast is that we decided to to do in the first place was those references and in, in really getting exploration of oh okay so this is a, this is referencing the honeymooners or Beanie and Cecil or things like that that are but then you learn about them and that's just like you were saying John with something like Looney Tunes I myself would watch those as a kid and then I'm seeing stuff about like victory gardens. And all these things, and I'm like, "What is a victory garden? Exactly. It's a, and it's why a great are they? Education. And what are what is this all about? And then you know, before I know, I'm learning about World War II and all these things, the things like that. So, I watched one today, which I love. It's called To the Dump, To the Dump, and, <laughs> and Pesto gets caught in uh, the the plastic rings that would be around a six pack of soda or beer back in the early '90s. Now these plastic rings really were a blight on our environment and they did get wrapped around a lot of animals wild yeah. animals birds so uh and they don't exist they don't make them anymore these plastic rings so i i think maybe someone watching it today said well what kind what is or what are those things but anyway it's a, a hilarious cartoon and pesto <laughs> pesto gets wrapped in these plastic rings and and bobby and and squid do everything they can to unhinge him from it, and uh, and that's where that line comes from, by the way. Where uh, this line here? Yeah. Where? Let me see. Let me put on my specs. I think it's from that one. That's from Hiccup, actually. Oh, that's from Hiccup, right? Yeah. You give me one more iota of aggravation, I'm gonna peck open your brain box and let it all air out. <laughs> it's very Shakespearean. Very Shakespearean. That episode actually got me. I felt so horrible for Pesto that from that day forward, I snipped every time we bought a six-pack of Diet Coke or whatever. I would I would hand snip each one to make sure it was... Mm -hmm. And that's what you had to do. Yeah. Because yeah, they had a lot of little uh, crevices that oh, you could... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's... I, I, Gatorade has those. They still mm -hmm. use them. Yeah. And I, I, I snip... Yeah. yeah, it became a snippet. Because you remember, you remember yeah. what it was like to be trapped in it. Well, he's <laughs> a method actor. Yeah. Very and a method. little snipper. Yo, Pesto, when you get stuck, you get stuck good. What exactly do you mean by that? What? I mean you're really stuck, you know. No, I do not know. You tell me. You mean I'm like an old piece of gum? Is that what you mean? I'm like something stuck under a chair here to disgust you? Is that what you mean? Get out of here. I just mean you're stuck, that's all. That's it!
Good. This is good. Now we're all stuck. Bobby, I'm sorry, but Squint was busting my beak. Uh, well, that just shows you, though, I mean, how the, a great example of what the show did well is it, when it wanted to teach the kids something, whether it was a cultural reference or, or like an environmental message, it doesn't knock you over the head with, hey, kids, make sure you, you know, snip these or anything. This is affecting the environment. But, uh, hey, here's your t- favorite characters in this, uh, in this uh, situation right here. They were educated through humor. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's a question. First appearance of uh, the Good Feathers in in the series. Uh, anybody want to take a stab at that one? First appearance. Well. You mean the date? Well, no. Like, mm-hmm. what, which cartoon was the first time that the Good Feathers actually appeared It was the on one we were trying to get the bagel, wasn't it? That's that right. is, well, that's, uh, that's called Good Feathers, the beginning. Yeah. But the they appeared appearance. earlier. It, it, what? I was I was thinking Good Night Moon, but. I think fun. even before that, it was oh, the right. monkey song. The monkey that's, song, that's it. They, these guys watch a lot of cartoons. That's wow. the first episode, so. <laughs> the first half hour, Pesto is beaten on Squid, because Squid's playing a flute in this opening musical number for the series, and he keeps poking you in the eye, and you just beat the living crap out of him. <laughs> and, and Bobby's like, Oh, pesto! You know, chill. You know. So that without a full episode to introduce them, the the the, the viewers actually got this little snippet of them first as part of this. That's right. They were in episode one, and then they were in episode four, I believe. Was uh, uh, Thursday of the first week was when we saw Good Feathers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday. I remember as a kid watching that and just kind of that was I really like the way that first episode is is structured because it does give you those little glimpses and a little glimpse of what the what the personalities were of each of those characters not telling you much mm-hmm. but just saying like okay here's Pinky and the Brain they're going to they, this is the kind of thing they're going to be doing in this show and here's here's the pigeons and and, and you know they're going to be fighting a lot <laughs> well, Pesto in every one of the best of their episodes Pesto is you know Getting some insult from, uh, he feels insulted by Squid. Something, something that Squid has said as a compliment. Yes. Unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. Unintentionally yeah. insulted. You're, so you're, 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 you're a doc. You're, you're, help, you're helping me. You're like a real doc. You're, you're calling me doc. And then he goes into a whole like anti-seven dwarf thing. Pastizio. The Heim Hiccuplic maneuver works every time. Thanks, doc. Doc? What's that supposed to mean? I just said thanks, Doc. Doc? What? Are you saying I'm one of those seven ugly dwarves? Is that what you're saying? That I am some kind of shorty, short, white-bearded alphanet here to whistle while I work for you? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. I am a Doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it! Um, oh, so I have a question about the uh, the recording, basically. So, what what was that like? Um, were you able to do any improvisations? Um, and if so, like, were any of those ever kept in the show? I guess too. The writing was but, pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, I think the only te- the only place we were told to just go a little wild is in the cloud fight. You know, the mm-hmm. fight cloud. You know, we could say whatever we wanted in there as long as we didn't, you know, do an actual swear. <laughs> and so they that, had to that, watch it in Italian too. Yeah, yeah. right. So. But, 
that that the three of us would kind of get together, and I, I had the easy job. I just had to be beat, being beaten. So <laughs> you know, it's a fake Italian. The the you know, hey, leave him alone. You know, that type of thing. That was that. That was stuff we Sometimes were allowed to we go get crazy. You know, we were given a little creative license. You know, in certain areas. I mean, like like you said, the writing was was flawless, mm-hmm. obviously, but those little character touches. We were given, you know, the opportunity to, to come up with stuff. And that, you know, specifically, yeah, it was when the fight sequences happened. I don't know if the Bada Bing was originally written or if it was something that just came out. Because I remember we were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the writers were there when you guys were recording. And whenever you guys threw in something that, that like the Bada Bing, oh, we're using that uh, next week. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Because there was a lot of in-between, like, like now, it's like in-between scenes or in between going to the next recording we'd just be banging it back and forth over here you know? <laughs> so sometimes stuff would come out and i could tell i could look through the glass i knew that we were in the right pocket well not that but more so when i saw you laughing oh, when, yeah. you, when he started laughing i was like okay we're in a good place yeah. i felt i felt good because yeah. when i see him like like doubling over with laughter i said okay we're in the right I, in the right i'm positive it was the greatest job yeah. ever because i i could sit there and listen to you guys and, and just laugh. And I mean, what a job. You go, you're getting paid to sit there and laugh. Oh my God. Well, yeah, but you're also getting paid to, to come up with the stuff, yeah. to create these characters out of thin air, to write these brilliant lines, come up with these great stories. So, you know, yeah, that's the payoff. Yeah, it was a beautiful payoff. We were all very lucky to be yes. there. We knew it was we were a great extremely special. There wouldn't be any mm-hmm. horses if there was a cart, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, now Deanna Oliver wrote a wrote that very first one we were talking about, uh, Chick, uh, the, the Good Feathers at the Beginning, and I, and Greg Reyna uh, directed it, and I noticed Greg Reyna r- directed a great number of uh, of the best of the um, the Good Feathers, so I just, I just want to make sure I give a shout out to Greg. And in that very first episode, the rare uh, animated background, two major shots. The first shot that reveals Squid and, and Bobby, I mean, excuse me, Pesto and Bobby coming down the street, walking in, the, and the background and the streets are animating behind it. Yeah. Really painfully expensive. <laughs> so, And then there's a, a even more elaborate shot of them going down the subway steps into the darkness and uh, into the subway. It, it was like... A, 30 seconds of, of animating backgrounds. I mean, just a Feature fortune. film quality. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we were thinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Squid's mouth never moved from that big smile. You have to save money somewhere. Yeah, you didn't right. have to animate any lip flaps. <laughs> what are some traits that you appreciate about your characters, and do you have anything in common with them? <laughs> oh, yeah, good. I'm a moron. Like, uh, like as good as a moron. Uh, um, I've been known to lose my temper. <laughs> never in front of us. Never. You should have heard me driving over here. If you want to hear about losing temper, or in the car with traffic, oh, I go nuts. Oh god. Gosh, I, you know. Uh, you know what? I I like to think of myself as somewhat, uh, you know, hip, uh, being a former stand-up comic. But I still have a tremendous amount of naivete about a bunch of things in life, and uh, and 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 that's that's where I think I I cross paths with Squid because he's a tremendously naive character, very good natured, but I mean, just he's just 
doesn't have a clue. Well-intentioned, but a little bit on the clueless side. And I think I could be described that way myself. <laughs> I saw him uh, as an innocent. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was new to the game. Yeah. yeah. And that was the whole thing. I mean, even in, based on the original film, he was being introduced into a, yeah. a lifestyle. And, and we were there before him. Uh, I don't know if I can relate to anything. I mean, obviously, as my character, I would love to be that kind of leader type. I don't necessarily see myself as that, but I, I would aspire to. I do recognize that, you know, he had a sort of a rational and logical approach to things, even though it was, you know, pigeon-brained. Um, <laughs> but so that's something that I could relate to. But And then I guess uh, I, more so it was about the relationship of the friends, because that's the other thing, too. I think a lot of the characters and all of the Animaniacs, it was all about relationships, you know. Mm. And we had like a really good relationship. Yeah. Even though we were a dysfunctional family of sorts, <laughs> we still loved each other. We still stayed together and we still saw it through to the end. That's true. Yeah. Each episode does not end with them hating each other or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, there's no like, I'll talk to you in 20 years. Yeah. Except for the actors. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I see you a lot. No, I, mean, I, no, I bump into you in life all the time. Yeah, we always, we always I just have, I totally lost touch with Chip. Well, I stopped smoking cigars. That's right. There you go. And they <laughs> see that. each other. Cigars <laughs> but and but um, and then one day I'm visiting the set of Criminal Minds, my because I'm good friends with the guy who was their location manager, and I'm talking to the director of the episode, and he, you know, he says, "So what do you do?" And, and uh, I, I do, uh, you know, animated cartoons. And he goes, "Oh, I have a very good friend who was on a show called Animaniacs. Do you know Chick Venera? Chick Venera? Are you kidding me?" And at that point, it was like I think. 16 years since I yeah. talked to you. Yeah. So he calls you up on, on his cell phone and puts me on, and we get, we had a yeah. little reunion there, and I forgot to get your number from him. <laughs> Four or five years ago. Yeah, I forgot to get your number from him because they were here. They were about to do this big shot where, you know, the Criminal Minds gang bursts into an apartment, and I was like, oh, I better stand back. But it was such a nice little <laughs> five-minute reunion on the phone, and then I totally lost touch with you again. Uh, and you and I share a very dear friend. Yes, we do. Billy oh, Gardell yeah. is a yes. dear friend of both of ours. Yeah. So, you know, well, we share, yeah, a couple of friends, but yeah. definitely Billy. Yeah. And uh, and we've we've crossed paths because we've worked on, we just worked recently. Yeah, on a, uh, on a on Pinocchio a, feature film. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we did that recently. So, yeah, we do every once in a while. You know, it's, it's, it's a big community and it's a small community all right. at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I get Mariano updates from Billy. Oh, yeah, that's John. I love him. John is great. <laughs> He's the greatest guy. I love that guy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm his Norton to his Ralph. Right. Exactly. <laughs> really. I have a question. I want to hear a little bit about uh, Chick's uh, teaching. Because so, uh, you're, you're, you've been... Uh, teaching for 20 years. Teaching for 20 years. Can you fill us in a little? I started at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, and then uh, I left the Beverly Hills Playhouse and started the Renegade Theater and Film Group. And then uh, I've been teaching ever since. And uh, I'm coming close to maybe calling it a, a Ah, come on. <laughs> you're, you're a kid. But I had fun. I, yeah. And I still have fun. And I enjoy doing it. And I do private sessions as well. And, and it's, been, it's been fun. And you get hired to help uh, actors in productions, like, like on yeah. TV shows or movies. Yeah. Or like maybe an actor uh, is, is being challenged by the material or something. and they just Sometimes they haven't been trained or sometimes they're kind of lost or sometimes they get intimidated by what's going on. And so instead of firing them because they've probably already been in the can, you got to go in there and, and work with them. And it's just a question of just instilling that confidence and letting them know where it's got to be and then letting them see. But one of the things I found is I've, I've introduced the camera into my classes. 
So what happens is they'll do something and I'll say, now look at what you did there. That's filler. That's a false move. You got to fix that. Uh -huh. So let's try this again. And they get to see it. So you never hear anything. Well, I, did, I didn't do that. And I said, well, there it is. The camera doesn't lie. So by introducing that, it's helped me a lot. And I've enjoyed doing it a lot. And uh, I introduced it to the, the I taught in um, Australia, first in Sydney and then in Adelaide. Huh. And then uh, I've been doing private sessions with different people. And then uh, I like it when the studios hire you because that, that gets to be a lot of fun. So I've, I've had a, it's been, it's been good. It's Excellent. been really good. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so if someone wanted to get your expertise, uh, uh, you know, learn from you, how would they go about Go on the contact? internet. Just go, go on, on the, the internet. internet. Chick Venera. Chickvenera.com or you can go to uh, rtgla.com, Renegade Theater, uh, Los Angeles. What is internet? Very good. That's how I got in, <laughs> that's how I got in contact with Chick. I checked that. I found his website. Yeah. Uh, well, I let's let's talk about the musical episodes of uh, Good Feathers. Uh, many consider West Side Pigeons to be one of the best cartoons in Animaniacs. You know, hands down, it comes like when many people's top five of you know cartoons. West Side Pigeons is very often on that list. What were your memories of working on West Side Pigeons? Uh, I guess Tom. We should probably start with Tom. Tom. Well, it was a long. It was probably a longer than normal session. I would suspect. Oh, that was. Yes. It was probably like uh, a full day rather than an afternoon, maybe or uh, it was four hours. Maybe. My primary thought was, I'm about to get find out, found out, and, and fired because. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. yeah. I think we can I'm, all share that. You know, I just <laughs> because I'm really not a singer, and and uh, you know, and especially having to sing in Squits register. Uh, was 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 a little tough for me, but I'm, I'm I have no training. Is that I, the Carluta one? Carluta. <laughs> yeah. Hello down there, Squid. Carluta, meet me at the Scorsese statue around ten forty-three. Why wait? We'll migrate tonight. Okay. Oh, Carluta. Carluta. I just met a bird named Carluta And please don't think me rude But I think I'd like to brood with Carluta Carluta, Carluta Carluta I gotta cut down on my coloratura I just, you know, I just went and of course these parodies are also tough because you're just so drawn to the, the piece that it's parodying. Right. So you have to put the original song out of your brain completely, and and only go with the notes as written, which Richard Stone, God rest his soul, uh, was brilliant at. Brilliant, mm -hmm. brilliant parodist, and you know because he re retained the the. The flavor and the soul of the original material, but be, be different enough that we not get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Julian Steve Bernstein, as and well. Julian Steve yeah. Bernstein as well. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just I know my tendency to go flat, so it was <laughs> terrifying for me too. I know one of, and we weren't auto tuning in those days, so it was, <laughs> no, well, it was many many takes. Kelly, I know one of your one of your favorite songs from that is is sung by Maurice, right? I feel feathery. 
Oh, that's great. I still can't remember how the tune, but yes, yes. I feel feathery. I feel so feathery, and then something and something, and yep. Thanks so much. There's no bird in the city like Carluda. Around her, I feel feathery. Oh, so feathery. All my plumage is standing up tall. I'm no peacock, but it doesn't bother me at all. Who's that handsome squab in the mirror there? What squab? Where? Who? Who can that attractive bird be? Which one? Where? Who? Jerk quack. Claw cluck. Jerk me. I feel feathery, oh so feathery, like a fledgling, a soft downy dove. Oh, this pigeon, handsome pigeons, all puffed up with love. This concludes the musical uh, portion of Maurice <laughs> Lamarche's life forever. By the way, the, this came about. Uh, Deanna went. Uh, Deanna uh, again. Uh, Deanna Oliver, who wrote. Uh, some great musicals for the series. She had uh, just finished Les Miserables, and uh, which we thought was incredible. And I said, "How many times did you listen to the the, the track? Uh, listen to the show of uh, Les Mis, and how many times did you go to the show? Never. <laughs> she she just kind of uh, looked at the lyrics of the originals and and kind of modified them uh, to work for." Uh, so she she's really brilliant. She's beyond she, brilliant. She's yeah. incredible. So yes. uh, so we said, okay, you uh, you're now uh, officially the full half hour musical person here. So <laughs> what's next? And she said, uh, West Side Pigeon. Yeah, that, she had that. Was she the one involved in Pigeon on the Roof too? Yes, she wrote that one too. Pigeon on the Roof. That's a beautiful episode. Yeah. That's cool. As far back as I can remember, the Good Feathers had the best perch in the neighborhood because we perched on the statue of the greatest filmmaker in the world, Scorsese. Scorsese, 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 Scorsese. Without the statue of Scorsese, our lives would be as slippery as a pigeon on the roof. Uh, but uh, the, the the Bernsteins, Julian, Steve, I think uh, I think Julie would come in. Uh, you know, Andrea Romano was our voice director, but yeah, on on, yes. on the more elaborate song uh, shows. Uh, Julie Bernstein would come in and, and kind of help uh, the singers. Uh, I couldn't have gotten through it without Julie. Yeah. First of all, yeah, Julie, Julie worked with me note by note. <laughs> and she knew to give me a, a vocal track or give me a practice track that was purely just the melody because the minute you put any flourish in there or any harmony behind it, I'm lost. Yeah. I don't know which note to sing. Yeah. So it's almost like one finger singing, one, one finger uh, melody on the piano. Yeah. That's what I needed because yeah. I don't know where to find the melody. I'll sing anything. So she was tremendous and so patient with me and she got me to relax and she would just sit there with the piano in the studio and just get me to, to do it right no matter how many takes it took. They were so I quick. They were so much. They were so quick. I remember when we were doing uh, pigeon on the roof, and I was supposed to sing that. Uh, if I if I were the god pigeon. Oh yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> they, first they gave it to me, and I looked at him, and I said, you've got this in C. Can you put it in F? Because that's my key. And he immediately transposed the thing, and bang, wow. we just kicked it out. Bam. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's Tom Maydeck, I think, at the recording session. Is that right? Or is that the music guy? Did you? The music guy. Oh, was that was Steve. Uh, yeah. There were the more than two that used to come in all the time. So yeah, Steve and Julie and, yeah. and Richard. Yep. So they, they could do it right there, yeah. huh? It was, it was just... Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, there's a question uh, regarding Pigeon on the Roof. The ending of it, um, isn't there like, there's a whole like stage production, right? And we thought there was similar to like West Side Pigeons for some reason. Um, yeah, it seems... It's, maybe it's, it was like tagged onto the end of the Fiddler on the Roof. Um, and... It's where Pesto complains to Bobby about the cartoon not making sense. Oh, I love that. And when the uh, and uh, were there? I guess was this like a cut scene from the West Side, or was it just was it always intended for um, Fiddler? I guess. Was... Would someone please explain what that was all about? That had to be the most confusing, mixed up, cockamamie script I've ever read in my entire beacon life. Afazu. Hey yo, Pesto. Oh. Cool down, bird. Bird, bird, crazy bird. Stay cool, bird. Beak it, buzz it, easy does it. Turn off the juice, bird. Go, bird, go, but not like a dodo. Cool, bird. Play it cool, bird. Real cool. Cool. <laughs> Go, bird, go. <laughs> but not like a dodo. <laughs> yeah, play it cool, bird. Real cool. So, yeah, it's so, a, that's a song from West Side. Yeah, West cool. And it's just like, so it's like, was that intended to? Yeah. It was just kind of like a, a nice homage to West Side Pigeons, but it was almost like, what is it doing with the fiddler on the roof? <laughs> Do you have any memory of that, Tom? Because it's a really cool song. It just seems like a little. We, we cut it. Uh huh. For time. Which one? From, this the, one, from this the other, one. from the earlier cartoon, <laughs> and then and used it as. Like we, had, we knew we had it, right? So it was like a, a minute of cartoon that you, you don't want to burn that, mm. and so we uh, were able to now, repurpose it. Now, <laughs> did that happen with any other clips at all? With with the Good Feathers, or even just Animaniacs in general? Like, was there? I'm assuming there wasn't much stuff that was cut because it's just so expensive to actually animate something completely. Yeah, we have little trims here and there, uh, but not not major sections. Uh -huh. uh, I think we might have. I don't know if we got censored uh, uh, much, so really not not much. Yeah. Is there stuff in a drawer somewhere you wish you wish we'd done? Oh, you mean like scripts and stories? Scripts, yeah. stories, jokes that to be cut. Oh yeah, I got yeah. I got some boxes. Yeah, boxes. <laughs> That's marvelous. Yeah. Hey, Matter of fact, that, I have huh? right here. I have some. Uh, we don't have time probably today, but we could. I have uh, some good feather uh, premises here that uh, didn't didn't quite get finished. Oh so. really? Yeah. No, I've got some great, fascinating. good feather material. I've got the original uh, sort of Bible written stuff on Pigeon City. The original characters' names were. Shock, Zeet, and Gary. <laughs> Gary. Shock? Shock, Zeet, and Gary. Okay. And, uh, I but guess that I'm the Gary. That didn't la you were Gary. You were Gary. It didn't last long that way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's, uh, the Good Feathers share breadcrumbs for the holidays. Oh, my oh, God. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pigeon, great. I'll read you this one, okay? 
The, the, the pigeons don't believe in Santa Claus. They're tough guys, and they think that Christmas is a holiday for bleeding hearts and saps. <laughs> then a kind old man gives them some food as they're freezing out in the cold, and it, and it infuses them with the Christmas spirit. In the end, as they're flying over the city, they look up to see the old man sailing away in a sleigh pulled by reindeer. Oh, man. Oh, that would have been, oh, been beautiful. Oh, Even Pesto would have been crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm squirting over here. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great episode. I, I, love, I, love, I love holiday episodes for any yeah. cartoon or yeah. sitcom or anything else. I'm just a sucker for that. Well, Animaniacs did it. I think Animaniacs and, of course, the Pinky and the Brain Christmas special, I think, uh, fantastic, you know, examples yeah. of, of how to do some holiday, uh, you know, things right. Um, well, I think if we have some time, we, we might want to actually have some questions directly towards uh, the, the Good Feathers themselves, if, they, if, they are, if they're available, that is. Well, should we talk to their agents? <laughs> Can they fly in? I don't know. We can get. I think we might be able to find some birdseed in one of the cabinets, perhaps. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, but if if you guys don't mind, you know, uh, I, we have some questions here. Uh, for example, uh, Pesto, <laughs> Pesto, why are you so angry all the time? And maybe have you have you considered anger management? Why? <laughs> no, no, I'm just wondering. Why? No, I'm I'm not. You you know what? I, I, what? Okay, no, what? Okay, nothing. I, I, I take it back. I mean, you're very even tempered. <laughs> See, you got on his wrong side. The only problem is he doesn't have any right sides. <laughs> Bobby, you're often the moderator between Squid and Pesto and the translator for the God Pigeon. How did you obtain this important role in your organization? Excuse me, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to insinuate something? Because I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say. But if you want me to ask you directly, what was the question again? <laughs> Bobby, you're yeah. often the moderator between Squid and Pesto. That's and the true. Translator for the God Pigeon. Yes. How did you How did you obtain this important role? Well, it's a height requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess basically because I'm the most logical, rational, uh, you know one in the whole group and if they don't listen to me I'm going to smack them right in the mouth <laughs> so Squid you're I mean it just seems like you're always so nice and calm um, does does anything ever get you upset questions like that oh. <laughs> they really piss me off <laughs> oh way to go God, I'm sorry I'm just, we are just striking out here <laughs> Well, I just keep this smile on my face, just trying to keep from being beat <laughs> by pesto. I just figure if I just keep smiling, it'll be okay. Yeah, but, uh, he doesn't know any better. He's young. He'll I'm learn. the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> um, well, and finally, to, um, to the god pigeon. What? <laughs> Thank you for being here, uh, sir. What he's trying to say is uh, it's uh, indeed an honor to be with you. Oh. And he hopes that your firstborn is a very manly child. And that he doesn't use too much diapers. <laughs> sometimes they can get out of hand. Yeah, gesundheit. <laughs> 
My goodness, I haven't even got to the question yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> sir, uh, do you have any leadership t uh, tips for anyone out there who is aspiring to be a metaphorical god pigeon themselves? <laughs> Eat your spinach and wear loose underwear. <laughs> Are you still with the girl feathers, and how have they been? She's she's my girl, Kiki. Okay. Yeah, mine wised up a long time ago and married a doctor. Married a doctor. You know, sometimes birds they fly the coop. Oh, so, uh, you know, I'm traveling solo for the moment, but I'm looking for something to drop on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question, too. For, so what was it like working with Tom Ruger? Oh, um, being birds. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty damn cool. Yeah. That was yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. And we're not saying this because this is where he's out. Truly. Pretty damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, it was literally one of the best experiences of, of a career. You know, he's a great guy. He really is. He's a great guy. He gave us, he gave us a lot of license to do what, what, what we were able to do. I mean, he gave us great material to work with. I mean, the team itself is like, you know, there wouldn't be no us if it wasn't for them, you know? Mm. So um, I had fun every episode. Yeah. It, like you said, we, we showed up at work and we got to laugh. And like I said, one of the best things is that when I could look through the, the recording booth window and see him doubling up with laughter, <laughs> I was like, I was happy. I was like, okay, this is a good day. So, uh, but uh, between takes, these two would say stuff that was just hysterical. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, what would come out of their mouths sometimes really? and in different voices. Mm. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, These things happen. Yes, always my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I don't know why you just may get cut out, but there is, there is in a vault somewhere at Warner Brothers, oh, a, a copy of the uh, Good Feathers that is not necessarily PG thirteen. It's more like R or X, but <laughs> I may be I may be have spoken out of out of turn, but there is a. Uh, there is a real. I still have those tracks somewhere. Do you? I, I, That's I, I, I would love to hear those. Yeah, so would I. I've never, wow. I've never heard it since the first recording. I've heard, uh, the, I've heard Pinky and the Brain going a little blue. Uh, uh, that one I've seen yeah. recently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, i got to find the, uh, the pigeon one. Yeah, i got to find that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time. We have a, a very special presentation. Um, from, for you guys, I reached out to Quantum Mechanics. They're the folks who uh, make these fantastic uh, uh, recreations of characters from movies and superheroes and cartoons. And I was wondering if they would be willing to to give you guys to donate your figures, the Good Feathers, and they happily agreed to. What? So we have underneath the table here, and Tom's getting it out. And yes, Tom, we do have one for you as well. Yeah, baby. It is the <laughs> Good Feathers uh, figures right here, oh, the Q, Q figs. figs. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I so wanted one of these when I saw them. They were coming out. This what? is fantastic. Are you kidding me? 
<gasps> I have the pinky and the brain one, but I don't oh, have the They're gorgeous. This oh, is gorgeous. beautiful. Oh, oh my God. God, if only you guys could see this. Oh, oh it's too bad. Wow. <laughs> this is good podcasting. It's like, right. oh, this is the go. best Let's Christmas a... present ever. That's a gorgeous thing. Oh my wow. gosh. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <gasps> well, that. this is cool. Yeah. Look at us animated street background. That's the one. I love That's the little yeah. scrap of paper. Yeah. I was uh, when I first pulled it out. I went, well, what the heck's that? How did that get in there? That's just that the off. trash. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Wow. Just yeah. The attention to detail. They've only done a couple figures so far, and and they did Pinky and the Brain. The second one was the Good Feathers. So they, wow. They, they haven't even I'm done. I'm a toy. Oh boy, I'm a toy. <laughs> right, how much do you guys want to sign to sign mine? Uh, Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. we do have yeah, funny thing that you say that <laughs> QMX did request that we we do have some additional ones. They were they did ask, oh, could they sign some so we could send them back for charity auctions Absolutely. and things like that? Of course. So, uh, well, well. Although there's going to be one requirement, though. Oh, what's that one? A pen. Oh, we do yeah, have. We a, do need. We do need a. It's uh, in our contract. We don't sign anything without a pen. You know, I, I'm sure it's mentioned before, but you know, the other thing is, is that when we recorded these cartoons originally, we were all together recording them, which doesn't always happen as much anymore, if at all. Most of the time, there's a lot of like, I mean, Mo, am I right? It's like mostly, it's like we can't get everybody in the same room together. You have to. I'm just. It's just truly. Kidding. It's true. This is a good note to talk about. Well, it's a. Um, yeah, it's a and it's truly. You can cut it in somewhere. Yeah. That. Um, it's a style that's that's going out of fashion, and uh, as as an actor, I love being in studio with my fellow actors. We give each other things, and we listen to each other, and it changes the performance. I mean, acting is, as you know, listening. Reacting. It's reacting. It's listening to what's being given you, and giving something to your fellow performer. And when you're alone in a studio and just staring at a microphone and a script. And a director kind of, you know, woodenly reading you, reading you your lines or the other character's lines that you're reacting to. It just becomes more of a challenge, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that you know, that's again something that Tom Ruger and Andrea Romano were uh, right on top of. That we always recorded together. That the, the, the shows were always the segments were always about the relationships among the characters. And so we were always in studio again. And I think that was another layer of what led to the success of this show, is the yes. fact that all these talents, all of them, were in one room together and we were creating something together. So it's like a ball team, you know? We were, we were a well-oiled machine. It's like any play or anything else. These actors are on the boards together and they're working, you know, episode after episode. And it becomes... There are other layers underneath from an acting standpoint where it's just... The relationships are already there, mm. and then anything from there up is gold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will. There's an exception. There, you know, I, I will say there are a couple of directors in town that can read you, uh, oh, read yeah. with you, and the terrific Kelly Ward, for instance, is one. Uh, I know that's another show that Tom Ruger and, uh, and I got to work on the, the Seven D, the Seven Dwarfs, told through a different prism, and uh, Kelly could do all the other dwarfs. So when I was in there doing Grumpy, he played everybody else, and I it, it felt like yeah. you know the other actors were with me because he just has he's such a keen ear for the voice. But for the most part, yeah, I, I much prefer to be in an ensemble. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, there's no question. There are I mean, you got to listen. 
What was that? It forced you to miss it. These guys are right because they'd be together week, week after week, and they were bringing more stuff. They were bringing more comedy. Am I too far away? Yeah, a little too, too far. Away. Yeah. Your mic. How do you know that? Uh, you just yeah. naturally. Can we start over? Yeah, you're... Uh, but these three characters, they, they were together week after week, and, uh, you know, yes, we had these scripts written. But they were adding nuances and little tweaks and a little extra lines here and there because they knew their characters, quite honestly, better than we did because mm -hmm. they were really living them. And uh, those tweaks really, really plussed, you know, just about every episode. Fantastic. Well, I think it's what Tom said earlier. is like when we started cutting up in between takes... The mics would be on and it would fuel their their brains to come up with ideas going, all right, that's staying in or like for the next episode, let's investigate this part of the yeah, relationship. So there's, you know, like that's the beauty of just creating together. It's like, you know, so-and-so inspires so-and-so and then before you know it, we have this other thing. Fantastic. Well, we cannot thank you guys enough for uh, coming together uh, all together. You know, when, when we originally, you know, do these these interviews, a lot of times we're just, you know, via Skype. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mentioned a chick, you know, like online, like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about getting, you know, you guys all together. And chick says, I'm not, I've, it's been forever since I've seen these guys in, in person. I said, oh, my gosh, okay. In person, it's great. And I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch with my wife and I said... I think Chick wants us. Wants, I don't think they've been in the same room together. We haven't. No, I, I haven't. So my we, thank, we thank you. Well, and yeah, Tom, Tom, yeah, especially for yeah. This, this is like, a, yeah. This is good. First, this yep. whole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really is an honor and a pleasure. And, and and again, thank you guys so much for your time and for coming over. And uh, you know, uh, you know, just from some of our listeners, I think the appreciation and and the, just the love for these characters has grown over the years so much that one of our listeners, in fact, on Twitter said, "I think these guys should get their own spin-off cartoon should be the good feathers cartoon so here here i second yeah, that. That. That that. well you missed it's really yeah. expensive to fly from atlanta to LA. <laughs> no. No, no doubt well it'll be that'll be our next time over it's also really hard on the arms too <laughs> oh i'm telling you we boy, fly across it's country tough. Like once that. you get past new mexico man you start feeling under your pits <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to be time to close things out. So before we do, though, I think we should get to a few uh, additional plugs. Anything you guys are you would like to promote, either online presence or just something that you're, you're working on that you'd like to tell people about. Uh, Chick, we we uh, already talked a little bit about your your website right there. It's chickvenera.com. Yeah. Correct. And people can learn about your acting classes yeah. and things like that. That's really yeah, fantastic. Uh, Maurice? Follow me on Twitter at uh, Maurice Lamarche, uh, all one word, A-M-A-U-R-I-C-E-L-M-A-R-C-H-E. And uh, on, uh, on Instagram, Maurice underscore Lamarche. And uh, where I have, I think, uh, all of uh, ten pictures. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not a hot young girl. What am I going out? I don't walk along. Well, that's look, a matter of opinion. I would look great in this T-shirt. You know, yes. it's like you're an influencer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the Instagram thing, I don't get so much. I don't know. You just but, need to put on a duck face, like yeah. you know, pink just stay and, off the um, pole, Mo. Stay off the pole. Yeah. A little yeah. taffeta goes a long way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, 
the new season of uh, Disenchant yes. coming up soon Ooh. on Netflix. Love that show. Uh, putting the finishing touches on the on the next ten, and word uh, has it that Netflix wants more. So, so that's good. And there's other things, but I cannot talk about them. <laughs> I know. It's a funny thing. Yeah, I mean, you can get me on Twitter. I think at John F Mariano yes. on, on Twitter. So by all means, give me a shout out there and follow me to the. The ends of the earth. As far as anything else, we're not allowed to say anything because these uh, these NDAs. Nidas. I will say that I will have something to announce in the summer of 2019. I've just been told as of yesterday that I have permission to to start to to make a, a an announcement about that. I mean, it's something small, but to me, it's big. Uh, but as far as that, just like I said, follow me on Twitter, and if you want to send a message on Facebook, you know, John Mariano. I'm right. there. And Tom? Uh, let's see. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't know why, but you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your Twitter name? Uh, it's, it's at Tom Ruger. <laughs> at Tom Ruger? Okay, How's that? Good. Is that pretty good? good? Don't forget smart. your blog, Tom. And then there's cartoonatics.blogspot.com, I believe. You're absolutely And right. that's where you can find photos of Chip yes. and, and Mo. And Johnny uh, from the Good Feather days uh, with uh, from from the party. From I the, remember from the yeah, party. party. We are so decked anyway. out, and we are do, smoking do cigars, which that none of us do anymore, yes. except for John and Pete. All right, <laughs> Nathan. What about you? Where are you on? Uh, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Django FT. That's me. And Kelly. I'm also on Twitter. Yoda Princess. Y O D A P R N C S S. All right, and so you're Yoda Princess. She is Yoda Princess. Yeah. Oh, oh. I know. <laughs> infamous, the infamous Yoda princess. <laughs> I was wondering who that Yoda princess was. I keep blocking her. <laughs> <laughs> there was a package at the door the other day. It said Yoda princess. I said, where? What could this be? Well, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and sometimes on Reddit and some other things if I have time for all that other junk. But whatever. You can also see subscribe to us on your favorite podcast podcast player, whatever that happens to be. And of course, you can check out our archives over at Animaniacast.com. And we're part of the Retro Zap Podcast Network, where you can listen to all sorts of other podcasts of all pop culture needs, whether it's Star Wars or video games or movies or whatever Retro Zap has you covered. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So now what we're going to do... Bada <laughs> bing! <laughs> Is usually I say I'll, I'll go around the, the horn and we'll just say uh, good night everybody. Good night everybody. But if you want like to say something time. different, yeah, that's it. What? <laughs> I just said good night. Right, that's all right. All right. That's it. Boys. Good night, everybody. That's it. You. Now you're peeking me. Yeah, I mean it. Cut it out. Well, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> well, there we go. Good night. Good night everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! Hey, good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! He says, uh, chase. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Kelly, say yours. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly. <laughs>
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Not a friggin' bang over here. Ooh.